0: Welcome to this week's Two Men in the Middle. This is where two men in the middle of the country get together and talk about politics, current events, and other fun stuff. I'm Craig Huey.
1: I'm Brandon Kinnig.
0: Brandon, we we were warming up and decided we had to cut to the mic because we started to get into a very, uh, a very heated conversation about Barbie. And be the the cinephile between us. You actually pulled off the uh, the Barbenheimer. Uh, Barbenheimer is that how you say that? That's how you say that. Yeah. This this weekend. So we'll, we'll get to Oppenheimer. I'm assuming Oppenheimer is a more serious film, and there's a more there's a more traditional conversation oh, about the movie. Yeah, amazing movie. Yeah. Barbie seems to have taken on kind of a, an absolute life of its own. So it with, is without any more to do. Brandon, you you've seen the movie. Tell us about about just what did you think of this film.
1: So, first of all, it's everything you said, right? It's campy, it's satirical, it's PG-13, it's not really meant for young kids, it's really teenagers and adults, because young kids are not going to get the jokes and the innuendo, which is going to go right over their heads. So, it is meant to be sarcastic, satirical, self... Uh, uh uh self uh oh gosh what's the word i'm looking for um kind defacing of just over the top over the top but also yeah. self-defacing like it pokes fun at barbie itself even though it is a barbie movie and so it's very self-mocking and you know and irreverential so it's all of that wrapped up in it like i thought it was a funny movie and what's interesting to me is you were commenting on all these like men that are you know saying it's an anti-men yeah. feminist screed like so there, it's there's definitely a feminist take there because they take the notion of Barbie and what it represents and they talk about, like, lack of equality in the modern world. But at the same time, like, they're not beating you over the head with it. There's enough, like, just randomness within the plot to where it's not every second. And the interesting thing is, like, the message at the end— um, Without getting too much into the weeds is that, you know, everybody should have like goals and their own identity. And so it's it's like, you know, Barbie should have her own dreams, goals. Ken should have his own yeah. dream. And again, we're talking about dolls, right? <laughs> that are like talking in a life. That, that's
0: what we can't lose sight of. We, we can't lose sight of that. about dolls. But but it is – We ve- are substituting dolls for the complexity of modern human gender roles. But
1: it is very meta, right? Because these toys live in this make-believe world and then they get – find out there's things like death and light and, and aging And so, um, and apparently the gynecologist. And the gynecologist. And so, yeah, it's not so much like, and there is this like fight between the Barbies and the, uh, and and trying to get one over the men. But at the end, like, they all kind of like, there's this truce. And it's like, we need to just be individuals. You do what you want to do. I do what I want to do. And let's each like achieve our goals. And that's what this should be about. Like, there shouldn't be, you know, this, um, like so you know dependency on each other and this constant tension and friction like why can't we get to a point Mm -hmm. where and and there there is a monologue that america i forget her last name the actress fiera um, america fiera Fiera, What's her name delivers where she does that's the one moment that people have dialed into that's like super feminist where she i think talks for like five minutes where she gives a speech about how like women are never good enough like if they are um you know uh too persistent they're seen as too pushy but yet um if they're not pushy enough they're too mild-mannered and people walk all over them they're seen as competitors by other women but then they're seen as bitchy Mm -hmm. by men where so that I think was interesting and that's the one people thing people dialed into as being over feminist. But at the same time, it really just kind of speaks to like the double standards, right? Where you know women try to strike this balance, and you know, especially I think if it was, it's really geared towards like professional life, like the workplace, yeah. And how like no matter what they do, it's always wrong, right? They can't like strike a perfect chord because other women are going to be jealous, or other men are going to see them as a threat. Even for women, that striking a perfect chord is something you should be interested in, right? I mean, that's one of the huge differences, admitted
0: women. Men generally just don't care that much and they just do the what a
1: field is what women care right about. and so and that's a thing too and if women showcase that same tendency they're looked at differently than men are right Absolutely. they're like why you know and so it was really a commentary too on that and so that was in the movie again it's not the only theme and not the the only overarching theme the movie was very meta it gets into the idea of expectations for girls um there's a lot of just criticism of like the way Barbie came about itself. And I think that's what, why a lot of people went to go see it because it, it poked fun at itself too. Like sure. all these things were happening simultaneously. There was the feminism critique. There was the critique of like the consumer culture and toys being marketed to kids. Like it had all of these different critiques wrapped into one, but it also made it a little bit at times confusing to follow because it was just yeah. all of this. But again, it's meant to be lighthearted I think that's why people went to see it, because it was different. It was not just a kid's movie. Like people, Most people who went to see it knew that this was going to be very sarcastic and satirical, which I mean, is what it was.
0: How else would you do a Barbie film? Yeah. Because in some ways, it's mocking or making fun of the things that Barbie introduced into the culture. Barbie was introduced, what, in the mid-50s-ish? Yeah. And it really was 55. a way to get young girls and women involved in consumerism. It was right. a way to sell them products. That I saw a few clips where the the first seed is the the little girls circa the, the Stanley Kubrick two thousand one film where they're they're smashing their, the baby, their dolls, they're traditional yeah. babies. And a lot of people have looked at that and said, you know, right off the bat, we're talking about breaking up traditional motherhood. This oh, oh, isn't about taking care of children <laughs> anymore.
1: Suddenly now we've moved on to something that's all about See I didn't even <laughs> think about that seeing the movie. That's such a stretch. But I did think about it. I'm like, wow, that's really saying something. No, you're not old and bitter enough yet. <laughs> I guess you'll, not. You'll
0: you'll get there. Because that, that moment I'm
1: like, okay, this makes sense then because up until this point, like the only dolls little girls had were baby dolls. They had nothing that were a doll that represented them or was aspirational, right? Like this is who I can grow into, or this is what I can become as an adult. And so Barbie was the first doll that gave them something that was aspirational or something, what they would look like or could be, you know or but, could wow something really to aspire to well i know I, Here, but here's
0: uh, the physical form of a woman that is absolutely realistic real yeah, which I, again they I po- am anti Barbie just completely across the well spectrum. and they
1: poke fun at that part too but i'm just saying like the whole thing about smashing the babies and that's destruction of the nuclear family i think i mean come on <laughs> they're showing the progression of <laughs> what girls had to play with before versus later and granted it's been an evolution right and so now like there's all kinds of toys that are geared towards girls but at the you know at that time there wasn't much Right. It's not yeah. like there was just this overwhelming, you know, catering and marketing to uh, to girls as kids. Yeah. And so that was the, the difference, I think.
0: And Brandon, we've talked about I consume a shit ton of right wing media. I mean Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk, Jason Whitlock, I mean Jack Posobiec. Yeah. If you name it, you know, that that's where I hang out most of the time if I want to listen to news or podcast or kind of kind of news entertainment podcast. The right's always been more interesting and left going back to uh to Rush Limbaugh. They've always just yeah. done media just in a more entertaining Well, way.
1: they've always owned Particular media spaces like radio yeah and others, from the a m
0: yeah. days that there 's just more of a tradition and they have more of a kind of an established methodology I think of delivering content. one of the things that that genre really has focused in on right now is the the difference the difference in between men and women 's traditional you know, roles in the family, and just roles in society in in general. And every time something like this comes out, they look at it as evidence that Hollywood is in cahoots with the media and the culture to never send a single message to a young woman or a girl that being a mother is an acceptable role to have in society, and that if you are a mother, there are times that you don't have to be anything more than that. Now I'm not I'm not taking this side, but I'm uh-huh. I'm going to argue kind of the counter side a little bit here. Is would it kill us to ever produce a film or a movie or a TV show that celebrates or shows a traditional role of of motherhood in a
1: light that's positive? Well,
0: Do you think that's a fair criticism at this movie?
1: I mean, I mean but we have other movies that sure. have done that, and so I mean, one of the central Components of this movie was a mother and a daughter, right? That had a very tortured relationship, severed relationship because the daughter's Mm -hmm. a teenager. So one of the themes of the movie is mother and daughter bonding and becoming closer towards the end after being, you know, somewhat just distant. Uh, And so... You know, so the idea that somehow like motherhood is just like completely erased or not even yeah. present in the movie is it completely accurate either now, granted, this mother had a job, she wasn't only a mother um but you, you know there was that storyline that was you know intertwined in the the film so i i mean i don't I don't think that's necessarily a Valid criticism, because if you're going to pick apart one movie for that, let alone one movie that's about a toy and, you know, try to project that it needs to be this, this and this and it should have this like this was a fictional film. This was not based on reality whatsoever. It's not based on... (laughs) We're talking about dolls still. Right. It's not meant to be motivational. It's really not to be anything but just like lighthearted escapism, which is what it was. The other theme that they hit on a lot is,
0: and, and you tell me if this theme exists in Barbie, is that no woman needs a man in her life. We, we don't, you don't need to be married. You don't need to be in a relationship with a man. There are things that, it, that, it, that we bring to the table, but in reality, it's totally fine and totally acceptable if you want to go through your entire life without having any significant relationships with men. And that's another theme that brings out through Barbie. Like I said, everybody needs to go their separate ways. Nothing in Hollywood is pushing people back together anymore into marriage or, or parenthood. Is that a legitimate criticism you think of, of this movie?
1: Well, I, I mean, somewhat, yes. I mean, of this movie in particular, that is a theme. Obviously, Barbie and Ken not being decoupled, that does happen. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go their separate ways and go on their own, like, introspective, you know, journeys, like trying to find themselves. So, yeah, that does happen at the end. It's done from a very um, friendly basis. It's not out of tension or very antagonistic. Uh, But that is a message of the film saying, hey, like you can be and do whatever you want to independently. Like you don't need to depend on anybody else. So that is one of the core messages
0: and I think the the thing that I found on the right, I expected those two type of things. Those are traditional. They have religious undertones. Yeah. I've heard those before. There is a lot of just straight up misogyny and hate for women on the right, especially if you get to the, to the outer bands of the right and then you get to the older dudes. You get to Bill right. O'Reilly, some folks like that. They talk about things like women's right to vote. There's this whole manosphere people, the Edward Tates and all of that, who talk about Biblical religious roles for women, so I think that 's what 's kind of in the in the soup but in the ether right now on the right, and that 's where some of this stuff comes
1: comes out of so and I wonder like so there 's always been that undercurrent right, but I feel like it was either suppressed or it just wasn 't as loud before, and as part of this like a reaction, obviously a reaction to the culture right, and the culture rapidly changing even more so than where it was that there 's just this upswelling of uh criticism and just i mean from many different circles and voices because it seems to be louder and just more uh more direct than it has ever been before. It seems to
0: be sharper. It seems to be more focused on that kind of like, Yeah, I that think that's probably the that way to frame it. of yeah. kind of what is a man and what is a woman. This is the famous Matt Walsh thing. And, and I think part, part of that coming out of like issue. the trans issue, yeah, yeah
1: is really kind of sharpen that into focus.
0: <laughs> so we take a movie where all of the women in it are plastic <laughs> and are these unrealistic, the toys an unrealistic representation of, of women. And somehow we forge that into some, some feminist, plotline is something I've heard people have a little bit of a problem with. And to your yeah, I think you said before, there's a lot of things in this movie that just don't make sense. If you're going to look at it for things you would judge a traditional movie on, it's definitely got some got some holes in it as a
1: as a movie. Yeah, right. And again you know I think part of it is people trying to project onto it something that it isn't either. It's not trying to be some type of epic or some type of sure. moralistic film. It's it's attempting to be the opposite of it. I mean I even saw criticisms about how, you know, even in the beginning when Barbie and Ken are together, they're not sleeping in the same bed. Well, they're also <laughs> toys that don't have genitalia. So yeah, they're not really a couple, are they? I mean <laughs> right. I they mean, were they were like they were like they were platonic friends. They weren't they weren't a couple. Right. I mean there was always that innuendo that they may have been a couple, but it's not like they were ever engaged in scenes from again a marketing perspective Did by Mattel Barbie that they and were kid kissing. Ever have
0: a kid? Was there ever, like, a carriage or a baby for
1: them? No, no. I can't remember. There was a pregnant Barbie doll that came out. That's right. And they Um, yanked it pretty quick. Right. That that was the other, again, because I don't know Barbie well, but the other funny thing about this movie is all of the controversial releases and uh, uh toys that were discontinued or featured prominently in the film is yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek so pregnant barbie there's also a uh, a dog there's the ken's friend alan who was I've, only briefly on the yeah movie. yeah so yeah. Uh, just the, the My weird barbie history like last. yours it, it, it's not i don't know <laughs> but but it, but it was funny that they put all this out there and they just kind of lay it out there you know front and center but again yeah i was i guess i was surprised by the the just overarching reaction. I mean, it cleaned up at the box office. It actually uh, was the largest opening weekend box office of the year, fourth largest in history. I, I saw it huh? today. It's so. sneaking
0: up on 500 million already. Yeah. So which it, is it's going to do a monster business, which I also think think totally sucks because here comes barbie 2 here comes barbie
1: 3 oh all have that you means seen is there's actually there's a another, timeline of all of oh, the mattel God. toys that are going to be made into is movies it, like hot wheels is going to be this is, is ridiculous yeah.
0: <laughs> another toy company is now in the 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 movie business because of barbie right in some ways i wish this movie would have went down in flames just just to prevent the franchise but there's, oh, yeah, there's just ready. no way
1: it's only started so
0: brandon why do we why is men, let, let's pick on men exclusively here at this. Why is it that some men get so fired up over any presentation of non-traditional gender roles? And by men, by men, I mean conservative men, men on the right. Usually this is men of a certain age. This is religious men. What is left in the culture on the right that still kind of promotes that type of of feeling and pullback and reaction when you see a a, a feminist-themed movie.
1: I I don't know. And I, I, you know, I struggled with this for a long time. I think on an individual level, I often wonder if there's something psychological, that there's a feeling of inadequacy, you know. I don't know. Jealousy? Right. Because there, it just, you do wonder why it is so, because with some of these films and some of this the things that come out of our culture, the pushback from some of these men is just much stronger and much more vociferous yeah. than it is for like anything else. And you're like, really, this is it's the personal. one issue that, yeah, you, you, you don't it's light a, a car standpoint. on
0: fire. a la bid Shabiro, Yeah. Right. When he burned the Barbie and kid car to, if you don't feel something deep inside about this.
1: Yeah. And that's what I, I don't understand because it's almost like, how is this personally impacting yeah. you? Is this going to change your personal life? That, and so I don't understand what the implication is there. Um, and politically,
0: if we yeah. look at you know down to the, the the GOP versus the Democrats, what what is the GOP? What is their policy suggestions around women's roles and, and gender roles? Where other than a big giant fight about the trans issue, which is not really centered up for what
1: this is? Yeah. How I mean, is they the don't. GOP
0: moving <laughs> forward in any way? They're they just have not. no.
1: I mean, they have no. Policy prescriptions, no. and they've actually backtracked on things like the Violence Against Women's Act, which they supported in prior years. And, and what and then culture war is that fighting? What what,
0: what 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 constituency is that for? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the the GOP freak out or the conservatives to decide about Barbie. I get it by saying, hey, this is a movie that should have been targeted for little girls, and like you said, this was something targeted for a mom and her what eight to twelve year old daughter. Yeah, I, I think to go see, and I can understand people getting upset that hey, where are the movies like this just for kids I- anymore. But if you, but this was a,
1: not meant to be a kids' movie, and I would say I. So when I was in the auditorium, but they didn't tell anybody that either.
0: The marketing on this has been really good. Yeah, and I don't think anybody knew really the plot
1: points of this movie before they went into. I it. think the youngest person I saw because when I went, I was surprised. Which I first knew it was going to be hit because, I and again I have a. AMC A-list pass so I can see as many movies as I'd like to so I'm not choosy about movies (laughs) because it's like I paid like 20 bucks a month and yeah. it's, see as yeah. many movies if as you like. see a
0: couple clunkers it's not right. like oh shit i'm out 50 bucks yeah i in, don't in have to one like, night be like i, a I can't believe i yeah. spent that much but you don't I, have to get angry over it let's when say. i
1: went online i started just looking at showings like on the open i'm like oh my gosh like there's like all of these showings there's like no open seats i'm like how can it be this full for barbie every <laughs> showing but the youngest person in my auditorium was like 12 years old a lot of I mean, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, a lot of people that were just like came to laugh and just like wanted just like something yeah. funny and offbeat, which they got. So you're right. I think the marketing was very effective in terms of bringing people out, and they had all the right notes because, again, they were also appealing not just to little girls, but also to, to people that may not necessarily like Barbie, but went for just the self-loathing aspect yeah. and the self-mocking <laughs> aspects of the movie. Wanting this to be something that mocked itself yeah. and something that could be made fun of. Which it did, and that's what I don't understand, the criticism of conservatives, too, because like... I mean, if you're going to go after the feminist single, I mean, this film, like, mocked everything. It did leave a stone unturned. It mocked itself. It mocked Mattel. I mean, yeah. the Mattel CEO was mocked. I mean, it was, like, the whole thing was self-mockery. So, again, I just don't understand why you would take it that seriously to begin with.
0: And there are also going to be certain parts of the political spectrum that are going to take anything like this as a chance just simply to protest and to yell and shout at the clouds and to make everybody— and just remind everybody that they hate just about everything in the culture right now. And I think on your right side, your Ben Shapiros and Walshes and people that really kind of went over the top on this, it's just part of building their brand to let you know that they think everything sucks these days. Well,
1: that's it. And I think that with our media landscape, I mean, it's this constant need to drive up your audience, drive up your likes, find a new topic, a new way to do that. I mean, it infiltrates our Political conversation, and that's why we have all of these, you know, uh, just uh, issues that are made up, you know, out of nothing in many cases, and then just the culture conversation as well, because they have to fill time, uh, and they have to make money off it. They try to monetize off of it, so that's what they do. And so, burning a Barbie in a trash can, sure, you're going to be able to monetize that because it's dramatic. It absolutely stands it, it out. He yeah.
0: accomplished everything he wanted it to. And did we really think a, a nuanced conversation about gender roles was going to happen in a Barbie movie? I think a lot of this is people just, just looking yeah. for places to project, and this is just the easiest and safest place last week to project anger upon. Well, and I
1: think oh, that's a, what's so frustrating with our country now, because it feels like <laughs> every single thing becomes a lightning rod for that now, and it's just it's it's nonstop. And I think Barbie is not going to be the last film or item to come out of our culture where that is seized upon, I mean, it's going to continue.
0: And men struggling with gender roles is something that's kind of a, a new phenomenon. And it is something that requires some conversation. We do have a problem with right now with men just disconnecting from from the culture. I think we're seeing that in education. We're seeing it in work participation yeah. I mean, across the I, board.
1: I, and I think really, I mean, I would uh, key in on young men, right? I mean, yeah. so you have young men who are just uh, kind of aimless now like in their um, yeah. you know adult lives um college uh participation is you know falling among young, young men. men have just
0: decided they don't need to go to school and they're anymore. checking
1: out and then there's all the social isolation yeah. and alienation um that's happening and that's driving up suicide rates but not only suicide rates but also anger and that's manifesting itself in many different ways so yeah i think that there's a lot to be said for that and to tackle that um I don't see how criticism of this accomplishes that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more at stake with what's happening with young men in terms of, you know, being marginalized and ignored. And yeah, that's a societal problem that we need to confront, but there's, there's not one solution. And the, the Barbie movie, you know, that has nothing yeah. to do with but being able. To- I think
0: you just said something important that if you feel marginalized, marginalized and ignored, then you look for everything makes you feel marginalized and yeah. ignored. And I think there's a lot of young men in the country right now that just don't know what the path forward is and is looking for anybody they're looking for anything or anyone to tell them this isn't your fault. This is something being done to you. Look at this it silly movie about dolls. It becomes a at that point, because yeah. then you don't have to Even movies anything. about dolls have these messages in
1: that, that are right. keeping you kind of in this state. This, well, it plays into the victimhood uh, yes, mentality 100%. now, right? Which is so pervasive. And I, I, I kind of laugh at this because how many years the right was critical about the left in terms of playing the victim and victimhood mentality on the left? And then the right now has fully embraced that to a degree in the Trump era we've never seen before. And it's it's constant. And, you know, and I think that's that's part of the problem. And it's unrelenting. Yeah. And young men
0: every day through the, the podcast on the right that I listen to are getting told you are a victim. Right. Hey, if everybody's a victim, if if the summer of BLM led to this much damage and caused this much stuff and they were victimized by this, then you were victimized in the same way and bar- the Barbie movie just happened to come along at a point in time in the culture war where there's a whole section of men just looking for examples to show to mostly to younger men in order to grift to like you said build okay. clicks money following brand and it feels like everybody got something that they wanted out of the Barbie movie Mattel gets uh, you know billions of dollars of franchise wow. and movies Greta Gerwin, she gets to now go remake the the Narnia uh, franchise right. because this did so good, you know. But what what really did Barbie do? Is this is this really our our best attempt at at bringing some of these topics to, to light? Probably not. No, it and isn't. That, but it, that, that's way too much to heap on a movie about, and dolls, it's, it's not but... meant
1: to. And I think if you, I, I was Greta Gerwig actually some of her published statements downplay that as well. Like that was not her intent either with the movie. So again. This movie is not meant to change society, transform yeah. society. It's not meant to address societal issues in and of itself. Some of those are raised in the movie. But, but again, she was entrusted to make a movie based on this long-known yeah. brand and franchise. What she was she,
0: entrusted to do was make a, mil, a, a movie that would bring in $1 billion. Right, which looks like she looks like She accomplished was successful, that. yeah. And because she did that, now we're going to get three more of these pieces of crap. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen this movie. I'm not going to see this movie. Yeah. This movie's not for me. I, I don't care. That's part of it, too. Gentlemen, can't you have enough sense to say, listen, I'm a 50- or 60-year-old man. This isn't for me. Right. I don't know
1: what it is. It's just a stupid little movie. And just just move on. Whatever happens it just, like, if there's something that isn't for you or that you don't like or is a target to you, ignore it and move on and, you know, go to something that is appealing and targeted to you. But I, we're in a stage now where there's none of that. Like it's not about just ignoring or live and let live. It's like, no, yeah. we're going to... And you're
0: right. If there's anything that can you know, kind of tweak my victimhood, I have to jump on it. Yeah,
1: I can't just let to anything pass.
0: I have to point out everything. I'm assuming Oppenheimer was a much better movie than Barbie. Uh
1: yes, I mean fantastic film. Oppenheimer <laughs> let's, let's is Let's a... save
0: that one for next week. And we can get an actual decent review of that. Okay, cuz
1: yeah, there's a lot to say for that and I I think that film is going to be nominated for many many yeah. Oscars. It was very well done.
0: I didn't realize the cast that thing had in it. So oh, I started looking incredible. at the trailers and like, "Holy shit."
1: I will say um, and it's not really a, it's not a criticism, it's just an observation. There is an incredible cast. There are so many characters in that film. It is difficult to keep track of some of the more minor characters because so many people come in and out of the film but it is a masterful film Mm -hmm. um i mean the plot is well done the uh the casting is phenomenal it's orchestrated well the um juxtaposition of scenes and different uh points in time that's well done it's a film that makes you think it's a film that educates it's yeah, there's not enough good I can say about it especially without uh giving away any spoilers, but it is it is a phenomenal film. It is one of those that uh will live I mean survive the test of time and uh Yeah, I can't say enough. Christopher
0: Nolan movies just hit different. They look different. The action's different. He's a guy who knows to put together an action movie over three hours and keep its pace.
1: Look at the Batman stuff. That was the thing. There's no slow moments in this movie, so you may think a three-hour movie like there's going to be points where you know I get antsy. Like no, like I mean the pace uh, continues, and you are. Focused and glued into what is happening on screen for the entire film
0: and that that's my biggest complaint with movies. I can watch any turd piece of shit movie as long as it's moving quickly as soon as it bogs down. I'm done. Right. And it seems like every single movie I have seen in the last five years is 20 minutes too long.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. Every
0: Marvel movie is 15 to 20 minutes too long. Just yeah. if you cut this and this, we'd be right where we need
1: there's to be. There's always those scenes that drag, and then you're yes. like, oh, come on. There,
0: there's the, uh, the worthless love scene in there. Yeah. So one quick question about Oppenheimer, did, did we? then we, we, we'll move on. One of the questions I've really seen about will they handle this in the movie, Oppenheimer tried to kill a professor when he was in college by poisoning him.
1: He did. Yes. Did they?
0: Did they address that in oh, this yeah. film? Okay. That's
1: very early in the film. Okay. Um, so that is addressed. Uh, it, it comes up um, as a memory that plays out um, in real time when he is testifying regarding his security clearance. Okay. Um, after the war. So yeah, they do not leave that stone unturned.
0: So they don't really. Is, uh, it, it, there's no hero arc assuming for Oppenheimer in this movie no
1: I mean he is a conflicted character who has a lot of different layers to him and that is put on full display so he's not a hero he's not an anti-hero he is this uh, character who um, is grappling with many different thoughts and emotions throughout his career let alone during the development of the the bomb itself and um and that's what you really take away like it isn't this black and white good guy bad guy you see the conflict play out in him in real time and uh and all of that um his insecurities his um deficiencies his you know quote-unquote sins um all of that is laid out like they don't you know conceal anything gotcha. so um, we'll talk about well, the, yeah I said well we talk done. about
0: it next week then I asked you like three follow up questions right. but I'm assuming this movie is going to win best picture and this is going to be a, a movie that's holds the test of time Oh yeah it definitely it should going.
1: best actor as well best supporting actor Robert Downey Jr for playing um uh the uh, Strauss um yeah. who is the guy who's then nominated for um I believe it was war secretary so there are some just incredible uh acting roles in this too that I mean, you get blown away by uh, the performance. So it's – yeah, there's a lot to say about it. Turning to presidential politics, the, the big thing that I thought
0: we'd be talking about by now, Trump's third indictment for January 6th, didn't come come to pass. Not yet, no. uh, I'm assuming, though, by the end of the week, beginning of next week at the latest, that will be the story that dominates the, the presidential politics of 2024. Right. So – Turning to who is actually running for president and who is still in it. Ron DeSantis this week had his, his level set. He fired a third of his staffers. Right. He got called to a, a donor meeting, I think in Utah, where he met with all the big donors and had a big powwow and talked about how much cash he had run through, how effective his campaign was. Bit was, was, and listened to some donors and talked about how to level set and how to kind of readjust his campaign. He said that classic. It didn't. The launch didn't go as well as it did. We need to recalibrate our, our message moving forward. And in response to this, he put out a message that was produced by a young man on his uh, multimedia team who used some Nazi symbols. Nazi imagery in the yeah. video. This video made it online, I think, for a couple minutes before it was
1: before it was was yanked
0: down. Not a very good. It wasn't movie.
1: even subtle. Like this was no, direct Nazi no. imagery.
0: And the gentleman that he, that made this image or this video, he's 24 years old, and he he has done some work for Nick Fuentes. Yeah, he is the white supremacist that Kanye hangs out with, and is just a general dumbass. How how does the DeSantis campaign just continue to make basic mistake after basic mistake?
1: Yeah, that's what's I think incredible about this. So, <laughs> you know, and you can go back to the anti-LGBTQ video that was disgusting. That his uh, team was yeah, um, a banger, yeah. So, and then in the last weeks, there's been which I don't know if we talked about the Florida education standards on African American. Uh, did, did you see how he handled that? Oh, like, yes, I did. It was so bad. Like, I don't like you're going to double that. down. Like, yeah. I mean, it,
0: uh, go, go ahead and spit out the line that everyone's got people. Fired up about the, the one in, in Florida that where they basically say there's, there's, when they talk about slavery in Florida, there's a line that basically says slaves learn skills while they being were, in slavery that they use to, to better some themselves. Personal benefit, yes, yes, later themselves, on. Yeah. So dumb, silly. Is it historically accurate? Sure, you can talk about slaves and what they did in that context. Uh, to me, that's a very narrow story of slavery. That's part of a much bigger issue and themes yeah. you should be hitting on. Certainly not one about but, skill building.
1: So, and first of all, and the other thing here, for the first 246 years of slavery in America. Uh, the vast majority of slaves had no way to build skills because they had no path to they freedom. They were property. Right. It's not like... And and those that became free men and women were very few in between. So to just put that out there as this um, just statement without have, any context doesn't even make anything. I then. have
0: no problem with saying that there were some slaves that used their skills to try to make their life as good as they could while they were slaves.
1: Right. And that, that's obvious. But, but that doesn't even need to be does, said. doesn't
0: mean they were treated in better or morally that the, their situation was any better oh and when they weren't when we made them not slaves remember we we kind of made it illegal for them to use any of those right to own property or hold certain jobs or well, better themselves well and don't so, forget
1: that in most cases the skills that slaves learned were i mean manual labor skills most slaves were forbidden from um learning how to read so they were illiterate sure. they weren't allowed to learn any skills that might be advantageous to them if they were free no, because never handled money There was this paranoia, um, and and to some degree rightfully so, that if they escaped, the slave owners wanted to be able to retrieve them, and they didn't want a slave who was successful escaping in terms of being on their own. So, yes, I mean, obviously there were slaves who were able to use skills to their advantage, but that's not something you would point out in the greater context because it doesn't offset— um, not having any personal agency over your life. I mean, it would be akin to saying, yeah, there were Jews who were prisoners at Birkenau who learned how to do tasks that they didn't know how to do before and maybe yeah. learned a skill that way. That, but again, that's why would you even point so that out in the greater context of what is. happened?
0: The people that I used to own, because it was legal for me to, own people at that point in time, <laughs> right. did certain skills for me for free as part of being my slave. When I saw them doing something on their own, I either allowed them to do it so they would have some sort of maybe earn some more comfort or something else or trade this for something else, or I just went and took them from them and sold it or used it for I wanted to because they're my
1: property. Isn't right. that the right way to explain that in yeah. the right context? That would be, yeah. I mean, because the way that it's framed in these standards, the exact verbiage makes it sound like it's an aside added. But, oh, by the way, you know, just so you You know. You have no
0: agency (laughs) as a slave. You are my property. Whatever skills you have, I possess. And then when we made you not a slave, we made it really sure for the next 150 years you couldn't really use those in any significant way to to further your life. Right. If that's not the story of slaves and skills in Florida, I don't know what I don't know what is.
1: And what's bizarre to me is, I mean, I went through a public school system and learned about slavery and all that. Like it's, just, but there was no statement in my textbooks that said anything like that. I mean, and it, it, it just it's incredible to me that we're at a point where like. That's the direction we're going. Like it's just it doesn't it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't add any value. Well, Again, what you said, like that's self evident that they would pick up skills if they're in captivity. Sure. There's no need to actually fill a line in a textbook w- and would they use those
0: skills to try to better their life in any possible way they could? Of course they sure. would. Sure. Does that mean— Just like
1: anybody would who's of under course. duress or you know, doesn't have control of their own so life. one of the— But why would he double down on it? He I, could have ignored it or said, like, oh, I had nothing to do with this, which he did at first. But then he actually doubles down and supports that statement. Um, with a statement about like so uh, about a blacksmith, like this hypothetical, yes. And I'm like, really, like, and that's the thing you're going to choose to use. I mean, well, how many slaves were blacks? Learn skills to be blacksmiths.
0: What Ron doesn't realize is that he passed too many laws in Florida. <laughs> that there's 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 strength in passing a law, but there's also a lot of strength in just talking about the laws you want to pass. Yeah, and that this could have been one of those laws that it's better as a talking point than actually passing it because right. once you pass it you have to hire people to write this law and they went out and hired two uh black uh, uh academics from florida i think one of them came out and said she was so happy her ancestors were a slave so she wasn't worshiping a tree in africa anymore so right off the bat you got some kookiness there yeah then this law is written and once a law is written people can can read it right they can start interpreting it they can start asking you questions about it questions Ron that you have to be prepared for which he How isn't. did you
1: not know this Ron but this is the governor who in Florida does not take questions from mainstream media does not make himself available no. and he has been slow to do that on the national level as a presidential candidate so i guess i'm not terribly surprised at this point, but it's just one misstep after the next is where we're at now. And it's it's affecting him at the polls. I don't know if you saw the most oh, recent yeah. polling that came out. He's... <laughs> So I mean, he barely
0: cracks 20 in some polls.
1: Yeah, so there is polling, uh, let's see, out of Iowa that has Trump at 46%, DeSantis at 16, and Scott at 11, right at his heels. South Carolina, Trump at 48, Haley at 14, DeSantis at 13. So he's dropped mm-hmm. to third in South Carolina yep. with Scott at 10. I mean, he's within a couple points of basically the next four or five presidential candidates.
0: <laughs> this is Ron DeSantis' first four primaries. Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. Yeah. The only state he has a puncher's chance in is Iowa. Right. Because for some—Iowa does all kinds of kooky things, pretty free thinking up there. Yeah. But the only thing that gives DeSantis a real shot is that Trump, for some reason, will not stop attacking their their governor that everybody loves. That's true, everybody yeah. loves.
1: So, but, but Trump can afford to lose but Iowa, in too. in the
0: state that DeSantis must win— Trump leads by 30 points. Yes. And if Trump loses it, it doesn't matter because he's taken the next three.
1: Right. That's the thing. And Trump lost Iowa in 2016. Yes, he did. Ted Cruz won it, I believe. Which, if people recall, they should have known how Trump would be because at that time he said that was rigged Uh, (laughs) and and that it was a fair election. But in Iowa, this has been the case. I don't know how far you'd have to go back, but Iowa has not picked the presidential winner on either side for a while now. Uh,
0: Well. If if I'm DeSantis, right off, because after you get through those four, then you hit Super Tuesday. Yeah. So my my goal is to make Super Tuesday. Yeah. So to do that, I have to win at least one of those states. The only state I have a shot at is Iowa, and I'm currently 30 points down. So if I'm. DeSantis, again, like we talked
1: last week, it's time to start throwing some Hail Marys. And I'll have to look, aren't most on the Republican side, aren't these like all um, winner-take-all now? They're I believe n- so. They're not proportional no. like they used to no, be. No, I yeah. think these four, uh,
0: you, when you hit Super Tuesday, I think you get a couple you states get a that maybe, but these are okay. winner-take-all. Yeah. So, Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, both of them aren't making it to South Carolina. No. There, there's no reason to. If DeSantis doesn't win, Iowa, New Hampshire, or Nevada— He's not making it to South Carolina No, either, I, where's is the
1: path for him? We're going we to have
0: this thing wrapped up real, real, real quick. And it's just basically because outside of Trump, nobody's been able to gain any traction. Nobody's had that moment. The guy who we thought had some juice has turned out to be just a horrible campaign uh, or a campaigner and politician. Yep. He just cannot craft a message.
1: He, he can't for the life of him. I mean, it's been, I mean, I was skeptical of him to begin with, but I didn't think he'd like flame out this bad so quickly i
0: mean this is this is worse than scott walker yeah i mean this is just mistake after mistake after mistake but trump not to be outdone (laughs) he's made a couple different videos i like one of them was have you seen the one where he takes his voice when he he was president and i believe this was an attack on syria or iran or something and he basically said hey if you if you attack us we'll come at you in a way you've you've never seen before
1: Oh, I haven't seen this and he ad. puts it
0: behind a very ominous kind of background. It's basically Trump threatening people, throw me in jail and see what happens.
1: Okay. I think I did hear the, the text or the, yeah. the audio of this ad because, again, it was another example of him inciting people.
0: So if that one wasn't clear enough, uh,
1: then we get to the one that I sent you. The one you, that you sent me Which today. is
0: just straight QAnon lunacy at this point right this is the deep states after me if i was the deep state i would keep trump out too and this is a straight up QAnon conspiracy theory this is all to keep trump from destroying the the
1: the president biden was installed the election was rigged every they're arresting people that say otherwise now it's this whole like 1984 totalitarian state There's there's a lot of
0: wolves in the imagery. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of pseudo. It has an AI voice as
1: well. It's It's, very menacing. The tone. It looks like two
0: sophomores in high school did it, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does. (laughs) But it's not subtle. No, it isn't subtle at all. Yeah. And then DeSantis, to not be outdone, he decides today in an interview to say that if he gets elected, he's going to appoint RFK Jr. as the head of the FDA or the CDC. So. He basically just destroyed himself for a general election.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you you can't even... I don't know. You can't make these things up I, anymore. There's I give no. him
0: some credit for recognizing where he's at. <laughs> and that if he doesn't beat the 800-pound large lunatic in these first three states, none. this is a wasted exercise. But
1: he keeps throwing these like ridiculous Hail Mary passes, and they don't land anywhere. I mean, he doesn't land a punch. And so he... We, How long do you keep doing the same thing over and over again before you say, hey, we need to change course? I mean, he hasn't figured that out yet. So,
0: Brandon, I always assumed that political campaigns were run by extremely intelligent, very professional (laughs) people, and these were very serious kind of endeavors. And there's no possible way you would ever do something as crazy as run for president and take all this money from people unless you had. You know, a very data-driven, very exacting plan. You had a way to get there. Um, we're quickly learning that's completely
1: naive, and yeah, most I mean, of these like, things are done on a lark, it seems like. They are. Well, and I would ar- also argue a contributing factor is that a lot of the very savvy political consultants and ad people um, have left and are yeah. not on the scene anymore. So you're left with, you know, second-rate, 3rd rates people who really don't know what they're doing, who are just shrills and lackeys. So that's part of the problem.
0: You tell me if this is even plausible. I really think Ron DeSantis thought, this is going to be a two-slogan campaign. Woke is where Florida goes to die, and make America Florida.
1: And just like make
0: America great again, all I'm going to have to do is say those phrases, get the crowd fired up, wrap a little rhetoric around that, and just like Trump, that's what's going to take me... That's what's going to build momentum. That's what's going to take me across the finish line. And when that simple approach didn't work, his whole team seems to be completely confounded now to what will work. And if that simple messaging doesn't get me where I want to go, they seem completely incapable
1: of crafting a different one. Yeah, I think that's exactly where he is. And he's running out of time. And- Do people launch campaigns with just that lack of thought? I mean, they're not supposed to. I mean, typically they haven't at the in the past. I mean, but look at how he launched his campaign. It was on Twitter with Elon Musk. God, that was such a disaster, and with uh, that uh, um, uh, this, VC guy. What's his name? Oh,
0: I can't. It, it was so bad. I didn't even know the VC. The right. VC I mean, guy. It, obviously, it cut out there all the technical
1: yeah. issues. But yeah, I mean, it was it. It was far from like traditional way that. Politicians have launched campaigns. There was no takeaways that people had saying this is the five-point plan or this is his overall messaging. This is why he's a better candidate. And he – again, we always go back to he's been reluctant to draw a contrast between him and Trump. He doesn't ever want to bring Trump up. And so the inability to do that, does it give him room to really differentiate himself other than trying to just like drop these – you know, bombs like the RFK nomination to where he can say, I'm in further right than <laughs> who, Trump. I'm who, Trumpier than who Trump. Who is that?
0: At least that is for the proper audience.
1: Well, it is, but it's, it, it doesn't, it, it fails to recognize that that audience isn't going to be swayed by that. Sure, like but at
0: least he's connecting. This is the audience I'm going to, which is the right of Trump. And this is the message that they need to hear. Yeah. The next step for him is to start attacking Trump over the vaccine. That, yeah. That's
1: fertile ground for Well, and he's for done dissenters. that here and there, but I think he's those attacks will begin in earnest soon. Yeah. yeah,
0: The thing that I think most pundits on TV are starting to just come right out and say, without Trump, we have no idea how the Republican electorate is going to react. In a presidential election that Donald Trump is not on the ballot, we have no idea what that outcome looks like. We don't know who shows up. We don't know what the turnout is. We have no idea if the MAGA base is portable to anybody else. But I think we'd both agree that we know right now it's not going to DeSantis.
1: No, he's not getting it.
0: He may peel off a little bit, but he, he he has failed in setting himself up as the heir apparent to MAGA and to Trump.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's been, it's been remarkable to watch his destruction, essentially.
0: Did you see Mitch McConnell today? <laughs>
1: I did mm, uh, so mm, I went mm. back and watched the video because I people uh, informed me before I had a chance to see it and McConnell's eighty two years old, yeah he's a year older than Joe Biden. Well. And, again, we go back to the age factor and how, like, these leaders that are just ancient, you know, uh, Brandon, don't this know when year, the call it quits. Last
0: year and a half, with my dad having a stroke, I've spent a lot of time with people in their 80s. And I can tell you none of them should be in charge of anything. Yeah, anyth- It literally looked like he had a little bit of a mini stroke it did look while like he was that, yeah. sitting right there.
1: I mean, he had to be, you know, shepherded away by his staff and, you know— and so
0: it's what I really, really feel sorry for is nobody in his family is telling him, you're done. Yeah. It's time to go. That will never happen. Mitch McConnell will die in office because Kentucky has a Democratic governor. And there is no way they're allowing him to appoint a Democrat to that seat. Right. And so this is where, again, I feel sorry for Mitch. But Mitch, until you, I hate to say it, unless you die in the office, nobody is going to come to you and say, Mitch, do, do you need, is it time? You're right. 82, Mitch. You've written your legacy. You've done your part. Your story's complete. It's time for you just. Yeah, what just is to left? Go. I mean, again, what, what's they just left?
1: call it quits. I mean, same thing with Diane Feinstein, right? I mean, who's still there? I mean, and you know, she is not there mentally, and has it shown up for how many votes? And well,
0: as a guy in your 30s, this has to
1: drive you crazy. Yeah, to say why
0: can't this old dude
1: just get out of the way? Just right.
0: go home. Let somebody in their forties. Let somebody else give it a shot.
1: We don't need Mitch McConnell, no. And it used to be; it was more common for these types of, uh, you know, politicians who you know were um, of age and had reached a certain age, they would retire, they'd bow out, and and now they don't. They just hang on. And I don't know if it's status, it's power, it's it's not the wanting CEO to give syndrome. Yeah,
0: it's the C it's it, this is this is what I attribute to Brandon wins the last time somebody told Mitch McConnell. Well, that's wrong. We're not doing that. Right. Your, your idea is stupid. I don't know whose idea we're going with, but whatever Mitch said, just take that off. People the don't do that. No. How many – everybody does – everybody around Mitch is designed to give Mitch exactly what he needs, as in all politicians are. Be a little meaner to people, people would move out of those spots at a much clipper – at a much faster clip. So
1: I I saw similar statements made about uh, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, who's actually – um, eighty nine, yeah, and so his staff are like, "Oh, he's just as bright and quick as he was forty no, years ago." No, he's not. No, he's not. That's clearly not the case. And you, there's plenty of signs that point otherwise. But again, like you said, it's that staff. They probably just tell him what he wants to hear. They just, sure. you know, they lavish praise upon him, and you know, and stoke as he ego. When's and- the
0: last time somebody looked at Chuck Grassley and said, "Chuck, you're just too damn old. You're eighty nine. Yeah. What the hell are you doing?" And he and just Chuck, got reelected. He's why did another you six run, years. Chuck? Do you know why you're here for? I hate to say it, Chuck, but you're here to release that 1023 form, right? That that's what you're really here. That's to, what he do. was done. Yeah. yeah. There's this – when we need somebody who really doesn't shame doesn't apply anymore, and they're not running for anything else. That's the role Grassley
1: plays, yeah. and it's kind of kind of gross to to see it. It really is because I mean, once they get of that age, you know, they just become tools. Really, they just like do it to themselves to, though. for the party. Yeah, they, they can't do. they can't recognize that. I guess. Yeah. And like you said, their family and people around them are unwilling to step in. So, Brandon, this is where I think you and I have an advantage over a lot of these folks: is
0: that I know I have a family that if I make a slight mistake or very off in any direction, <laughs> I have quick—I have people who quickly will yank my chain yeah. back to where I need to be. That is obviously something that that give these families don't check. have. They don't have yeah, anybody. They, to they just don't give have them
1: it. a reality check.
0: Did Hunter Biden get a reality check today with the judge? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I <laughs> wanted to
1: talk about that. So. So yeah, there was some chaos in the courtroom where uh, the judge was trying to confirm the details of this plea deal. The fact that Hunter Biden would pay these back taxes and this fine, um, which would supposedly grant him immunity from any future prosecution, but the prosecution, the government wasn't on the same page with his defense attorneys, so they had to like go back into uh, a huddle um, and basically have a conversation about this, and um, I, I. I can't even remember where it left off. Are they drawing I mean, up new terms? Like what's they're sort of- supposed
0: to be back tomorrow okay. with new terms. But this makes the DOJ look a little bit like amateur. Yeah, how the right. th- were they
1: not prepared for this? I don't understand. How do
0: you not know, hey, Brandon, these charges, if we find anything else on you, these don't apply. That yeah. seems
1: pretty straightforward. You would yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about all the time that was spent to get to this point, well, like how was this we're not five years into this yeah, I mean, how would you not have this ironed out? I and, don't get how it gets this far, and to... there was a problem too
0: with the the divergent or the the uh the, the program the, the the divergence program on the gun the The judge is like, that doesn't apply. Diversion program, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that doesn't apply anymore. How does this apply to a guy who threw a gun in a tra- that has his girlfriend throw a gun in the trash can? So I think she also questioned that too. And I think that's where most of the problems are at around the actual gun charge and how they maneuvered that not to be a felony. Yeah. I hate to say this. I said this two weeks ago. If you if you want to bring most of this to a to a conclusion, at least this stage of this, hang a felony gun charge on Hunter. Right. There's no reason not to do
1: it. That would be yeah, that would be the easy way out on the quell the at least some of the Republican. If the Republicans uproar.
0: had a talking point that we pushed the DOJ into into a felony conviction of Hunter Biden on gun charges, that's a massive winning talking point for them.
1: Can I just make a point broader more broadly than hunter biden but into this whole uh argument that about the biden business dealings and and like if there is any there 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 were any there there that which is a completely separate topic why does nobody say in the discussion of all this like all of this was if this happened, was years ago. So this is when Biden was vice president. So please tell me how you can get to the point where you're Kevin McCarthy and you're raising the specter of an impeachment inquiry on this when this isn't even something that has happened when Biden was president. I thought impeachment was supposed to be about your performance in office as president, not something that happened eight years before you were president. Well, please, please, please impeach him. Please. (laughs) Please. Because, But you, how can you impeach somebody for things in the, like years before I they started the I job? Went, I, I mean, want them to
0: impeach him because then the Democrats get to run the trial. And the Democrats are going to do things like call witnesses. Some of the witnesses they're going to call are going to be really, really interesting. Like um, who's the guy? Les Parvin? Oh, yeah. He's going to be called. He's, oh, yeah. He's but, going to talk about Ukraine
1: and Burisma and Trump. and Israeli guy, the spy, yeah. It,
0: this is, again, this is this is an exercise in creating political damage on biden that that's what this is and it's very effective because hunter is a scumbag right and hunter has done what most political families do he's the bag man we, we all know this there's again, no difference
1: in Trump, influence Clinton. Influence peddling. Yeah, it was done by the Clintons. It was done it's by what Trump. what politicians so, do. Right. So are we going to hold all of them responsible? Are we going to hold the members of Congress responsible? Is this responsible the new standard? Is? Everybody's yeah. family gets investigated? Can we have multiple impeachments? Let's start the list. I Joe mean, makes gonna...
0: a valid point, too. Show me where that $34 million went. Kind of hard to hide that kind of money, isn't it? Yeah. If I brought in that kind of cash, where's it at?
1: I- I'm all for it. If there's, if there's malfeasance here, throw the book at everybody. I don't give a shit. They're also relying on supposed witness testimony that is not unlike the testimony that uh, Christopher Steele provided with the, the Clinton yes, dossier. A lot of hearsay. That Republicans then poked all these holes sure. in and said was hearsay. So That's again, what I'm saying.
0: Hey, pubs, if you're really feeling yourself, impeach. Let's start putting this all on the record, boys. Let's stop fucking around with Comer and all this. Right. Let Let's get to the Senate and let's have a real I want to hear trial. what the
1: charges are going to be because if you're going to argue that yeah. Hunter Biden is a scumbag, you'll get no argument from me. We sure. know that. But again, trying to like form an argument that somehow Joe Biden now is president. Uh, bring it. Uh, is affected by this. Where that's where uh, this all falls apart. You have this laptop since 2019. Yeah. The
0: the the Trump DOJ under Bill Barr confirmed the authenticity of the laptop. Right. Whatever's on the laptop you've already used.
1: It's like, come on, McCarthy. If you're if it's time to big dick, let's go. But is this play by McCarthy? Is this just to buy time with the It has to be. Yeah, the hard right in his caucus and Trump who's breathing down his neck in terms of Doing well, something.
0: I mean, when they threw tr- the first Trump uh, impeachment to the Senate to the Republicans, they knew it died right there. Yeah. This 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 impeachment, as far as vote goes to remove Biden, they have nowhere close to well, the seventy oh, votes.
1: Well, well, you mean in the Senate? In, right? in the Senate. But I don't think they even have the votes in the House. Because I don't, I don't think, they think they do they're going to get every Republican, no. particularly Republicans from swing districts, are going to vote for this. Was there twenty or
0: twenty-five? Uh, or maybe even more. I thought I saw it was that number. Republicans that, uh, congressmen who are in a district that Joe Biden won.
1: That's about right. Yeah. Those
0: people are going to have a really, really hard time voting for impeachment for Biden.
1: And they don't have, again, with their thin majority, they only have a, what, three, four C majority. There's four no, There's not room there. Yeah. Again,
0: if you can't reach where you want to legally, do it politically. Roll right. the dice. Let's impeach. Let's start impeaching every single president. Every single time. <sighs> Let Congress knock themselves out. Because when you get to the Senate, it's a totally different story. It is. I cannot believe if they are that stupid
1: to do that. I, I, I can't well, they were stupid enough to it. want to. I don't know what what is the terminology for it? Expunge Trump's impeachment, which is a totally which you can't even it, do. That, you can't do. that. How would you do that? One legal expert explained: each Congress, when it ends, it's over. Yeah, they don't. It's not a you linear
0: movement. You can't expunge well, that. It, that doesn't
1: then, happen. It's not a legal process. This is a like legal expungement for you know um, it, a felony or misdemeanor and did you hear
0: trump demanded that out of mccarthy because right.
1: mccarthy said well let's just wait and see what happens with these charges that's what's so stupid about this and the timeline doesn't allow for them how are they gonna have an impeachment trial with what you know they're about to go on a six-week vacation no. um and then they still have to pass budget uh and then you know next year you're going to be in election mode for there's like no timeline to even have this trial i do
0: you think taylor green the freedom caucus bobert do you think they can push him into calling for an impeachment vote?
1: I think they can. I think they can. I, I think mean, he has if to. If he's gone this far, I yeah. mean, I, I was really shocked that he would go far enough to even just throw it out there like this. But if he's willing to do that, that's wrong with McCarthy. I think he is so focused on just keeping his job. He's willing yes. to do anything and he'll pander to anybody in his caucus.
0: Hey, if you want to put MTG out of the floor and try to whip some votes to get people to vote for Trump's imaginary expungement so so be it i, I don't yeah. care about that but the impeachment this is a little bit of a different process i think mccarthy will resist the urge but there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to do so mccarthy also knows too next week he gets the gift of trump's j6 indictment and at least for five six seven eight ten days this all cycle. goes away yeah because we're going to be really focused down on trump and it buys him a, some breathing room what's happened with yeah. him I knew 2023 was going to be a brutal year for Joe Biden once the Republicans won the House. Yeah. And the only thing that's kept it from being as brutal as it could be is the Republicans' own incompetency at what they're trying to do. Right. If they actually had their shit together, this would be a much
1: rougher ride. I mean, they don't have any discipline, and they're fragmented as hell. But Biden
0: is definitely in the barrel right now, yeah. and sooner or later, he is going to have to come out and sit with somebody and talk about this, which I think that's really what the whole that, – that's the target. That's really what they want to force him to do oh, is yeah. to force him into an interview where on his feet he has to answer questions about how many meetings have you sat in with your son, what countries have you visited with your son, because I don't know if Biden can, can handle that.
1: Well, and that's probably the easy part compared to having to address this in debates if you look further down the line. I Biden's mean, not
0: debating. There's no way.
1: You don't think he's going to no, be on the debate no. stage?
0: especially if it's Trump. Trump gives him the perfect—I'm not debating that uh, That's true. Yeah, he can say— Yeah. yeah. I, if it's Trump, I think it, there's a total reason
1: why he steps back. If it's not Trump, I still think he doesn't Wasn't one of the debates canceled in 2020 Yeah, there was only two? Yeah. Was that due to— I don't even remember. It why. was COVID, I think. Oh, okay. Was it because Trump had COVID or no, or somebody had COVID?
0: I'm trying to figure. I, I've forgotten Trump's lunatic COVID timeline, but there were supposed to be <laughs> yeah. three debates. Only two happened, and in the first debate was when Trump was just a complete
1: loon. I remember that we yeah. just
0: screamed, shouted, talked over everything, and just like well. He's just a lunatic. At this I couldn't point remember time. the
1: reason why the other debate was canceled. If it was, something... I, have, I thought it was COVID. And you're probably right. But I think you it was... can't.
0: You can't put Biden through three 90 minute debates. No, he I don't can't tell that.
1: Manages that at uh, all. I'm
0: still under the impression that Biden's not going to be there at the end. That, yeah, that once there's going to be no. Okay. Have you seen him like cut a single commercial? Have you no. seen him go anywhere to campaign?
1: Well, and that's and that's what worries me. I mean, he doesn't have the wherewithal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is he going to be doing these multi state? You know, well, drop ins. That's
0: what the rich people in Utah asked DeSantis this week. Hey, dumb dumb, you've spent forty percent of your budget already.
1: Oh my god, have you seen how he's blown his budget on private jets and everything? What commercials like, have what? you run? None. What
0: mass marketing have you done? I mean, come, he is blowing on.
1: through all the stoner money. He
0: he went. He said he was going to fire twelve people before he went to Utah. He came out of that conference saying, "I'm firing one third of my staff." So I think he got the law laid down. Yeah, he has the message. The yeah. money spigots dried up. And I think somebody somebody today asked me could, could DeSantis recover and run again in four years? No. I don't One, think so. Once Why? you take that donor group and you burn through that cash, you, there's no second trip to say, hey, I'm, no. uh, I'm better now. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's try this again. He
1: won't be in office at that point. His accomplishments no. will be years behind him, if you call them that. And the, he'll be a has-been. There, there's going to be so many other people vying for the nomination at that point. It'll be a whole different landscape.
0: We are under 25 days to the first debate, I think.
1: That's crazy. To ever that is
0: insane. It's a hundred degrees outside, and we're talking about a presidential debate. Yeah. So Trump certainly isn't going to that one, and I understand his logic. If I'm thirty points up on all the states I, I, I need, why do I, why do I need to go to to a debate? It's quickly becoming – I guess what I'm feeling is the window of opportunity to make a move is closing. And the only move left for these people is who's going to try to get the VP to be there if Trump falls. That's
1: really It'll be really interesting during the debate how many of them talking about. position themselves as the VP apparent yeah, that's and, true. and make a play for that rather than for president. And it, I think this also – Trump's willingness to just you know, be dismissive of the debates also sends a strong message how the RNC doesn't matter. Like again, this is the Trump show, and you know Trump can get away with doing what he wants on his own time, and the RNC just has to accommodate that. I'm hearing a lot of a uh, lot of folks out in right mediaville
0: complaining that the money's drying up, that the RNC doesn't have the money that it's had in the past.
1: That's true. Yeah, local
0: state operations are playing are are saying we don't have the that cash. reminds
1: me did you read the national review article about the the downfall of the four state parties Arizona Michigan
0: I, I've read some of something like that but yeah Arizona's one they've already come out and right. said
1: you're not getting any RNC money cuz we don't think you have your shit together enough to do anything right so you have these four swing states um republican parties essentially that are hemorrhaging money um, staff and the common denominator with all four of them is that they have elevated uh, oh. party officials who are into election denialism QAnon conspiracy People are leaving the party in droves. The, the, the money men and the people that were smart and reasoned have been pushed out and excluded. Yep. Um, it was a really fantastic National Review piece if people want to Google it. But, and I've heard, yeah. too,
0: that like the infrastructure in those states is not being it's built. It's not there, yeah. The whole, we got to get boots on the ground. We have to collect ballots. We have to do some ballot harvesting. We have to get people to the polls. I was listening to Charlie Kirk the other day who was bitching that the RNC, they have no boots on the ground yet in Arizona or in Wisconsin. That's, that's not good.
1: That is First debate's in three
0: weeks. If you're not building the type of infrastructure that collects ballots now, you're not going to have it in 2024. So I think it's – I think that the Republicans might just start to be entering in the phase where they realize you can only squeeze the, the turn up so many times. There's only so much money you can get out of the base, and over the last five years, Trump has exacted a huge toll out of this out of these people, and it's just not going to turn around overnight. No, Arizona, so Colorado, really Michigan,
1: and Minnesota were the four state parties. By the way, well, it was Colorado,
0: like a, you guys have abandoned Colorado, haven't you? You're not getting back in there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that's not happening. But it's just, again, it's striking that like they've given up completely, like they're not even trying. So they're completely forfeiting some of these states. Uh, And, you know, Minnesota was also one of those states that was, even though it's always been a blue state, it's been close in presidential elections at times. But again, the party has just fallen apart there. But what I don't understand is states like Michigan and Arizona, which are states that— Trump won not very long ago and have a strong Republican contingent, a strong MAGA contingent, and how those part states are in free fall. It's just well, it's interesting.
0: And I think once DeSantis I don't think DeSantis gets the, the nomination. And yeah. he goes back to Florida for two years and is gone. I think in four years after DeSantis is gone, Florida's right back in play. I mean, Florida has a housing crisis so right now. They have a housing insurance crisis. Insurance
1: crisis. They have well, an inflation crisis. Their inflation is higher
0: than the national They have coverage. a migrant worker issue yeah. down there. They have a massive teacher shortage.
1: Which, by the way, there's a lot of cost issues because at one point, I think, and maybe for some people it still is, Florida is attractive because they have no state income tax, obviously, in yeah. the weather. But all of these other issues you mentioned are, are starting to offset that lack yeah. of state income tax. If you
0: can't buy homeowners insurance— yeah. Or insuring your home is more than your your monthly mortgage payment. Right, that's going to be a problem. Also, too, I've heard they have six or seven thousand teachers. They're short next year. They're they're really going to have a teacher problem here in the next eighteen months as as well. Oh so, yeah, DeSantis, a lot of DeSantis might be a flash in the pan that dissipates very very quickly.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that.
0: Hmm. Well, Brandon, it's a crisp, you know, 105 degrees outside. We've joined the rest of the country, it seems like, and just having heat over, you know, over three digits. Is there anything possibly you could do outside of the sun, or is this weekend just totally inside?
1: I think it's mostly inside. I may go swimming because uh, that's uh-huh. the, the one activity. Uh,
0: do you enjoy help. swimming when it's this hot?
1: I, I like just you know, uh, cooling off. So, I mean, I don't stay in the water long, but I like to submerge myself, cool off a bit, you know, and then go back inside. We we had a big
0: pool growing up and the water sometimes gets over 90 degrees. It's just like jumping in a big giant bathtub at at that point.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so it's, I have, uh, access to a pretty nice apartment complex pool, um, with friends. And so I sometimes, do you just go over there sometimes when you're not
0: supposed to? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's kind of a nice perk, but uh, but yeah, I mean, at this level, you want the water to be cold. This is not when yeah. you want the water to be like bath water. Cause that's I was just so good. glad
0: they were supposed to build a pool in our subdivision and didn't. And mm. I was like the only one who was like, "Yes, you are supposed to <laughs> don't have to worry about the kids. Don't have a bunch of aggravation about that." I'm like, guys, this is a win. You don't think it is now, but trust me, this is this is a win. Yeah, I think this is one of the weekends you just got to stay inside cuz it's going to be obnoxious. I mean, I, I think
1: for shit. it's like the next 10 days it's yeah. supposed to be
0: whatever fertile. bubble was wherever. Well, I think they said it was the jet stream's fault. The jet stream yeah. is like dipped down so high or something is allowing all this hot air that it's is all Is Arizona out. out of
1: their cycle? They were they had like twenty three days above hundred ten that, degrees. That's
0: no human being should live in Phoenix. That's just <laughs> that's just disgusting.
1: I mean that that was, that was brutal. And that, I say that as somebody who likes the desert, yeah. but yeah.
0: Even you'd have to call it on that. Yeah. I'm going to Vegas August 9th. My, oh, okay. my son and his friends have planned their oh, first yeah, Vegas trip. you said that. Trip. That's going to be fun. Yeah, so he called me. I'm going to run out there for a day with them just to kind of get them settled into Vegas. So, And I think the high that day is 119 degrees.
1: Ooh. So you're not staying the whole weekend? No, oh, no, okay.
0: I have no desire. These are all 21-year-olds. Yeah. It's like, listen, I'll get you to where you're supposed to be. I'll give I'll you the slight that. lay of the land. And, then I, and I'm buying dinner that night. And then I don't want to see any of you i don't like, <laughs> not on the same hotel same floor nothing you guys do what you want to do i'll do what i want to do then i'm, then I'm going home
1: vegas is like the especially at that age turn 21 is like the ultimate like guys yeah. trip yeah
0: it's like guys you can't do everything in a day so you yeah. just have to pick it out are we drinking today are we gambling today you buy the pool today just pick a theme pick and try to stick to do, with yeah. that
1: with that day they're just there for the weekend right they're there Wednesday through Saturday. Oh, wow. That's actually longer yeah. than I would have thought. I, yeah. I was going to say, like, my limit for Vegas is usually like a weekend. Um, yeah. I'm like a Friday through yeah. Sunday or I'm Thursday. I'm a three night day guy, Sunday. and yeah. that's it. By the time I feel you get like that fourth day, Vegas gets exhausting. Once yeah. Anything it, past it's, that.
0: it's so fucking hot out there, too. Now, yeah. So, all right. That's our hour. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for listening to Two Men in the Middle. Make sure to give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website at twomeninthemiddle.com. Drop us an email at middle at gmail.com or tweet at us at middle. We'll see you next week.